I heard you guys were doing this series about this King David, greatest king in Israel. Let me just tell you, you probably wouldn't even know his name if it hadn't been for my boy Goliath. Who am I? I'm a shield bearer. One of you guys asked Pastor Brandon about how much did his armor wear? 5,000 shekels, 125 pounds. About there. Pretty heavy stuff. I know, because I had to help him get it on. I had to carry it at different times. We were the Philistines. We were near the Israelites. We knew we had to battle with them once more time. And we knew that their God, Yahweh, was really powerful in the hills, so we didn't want to face them in the hills. But we knew our God, Dagon. And we knew that his strength was in the valley. And so we set up on one hill on one side, opposite of their hill. And we knew that the battle would have to happen in the valley. And we knew that we had our not-so-secret weapon. Your Bible tells you about them. If you've got your Bibles you want to follow along, it's in 1 Samuel chapter 17. When we saw this line up and we saw the, the battle was going to be in the valley, we were like, ooh, we've got them. Right where we want them, we've got them. And so in 1 Samuel chapter 17, starting in verse 4, you start to hear about our not-so-secret weapon. This is what it says. A champion, that's him right there, named Goliath, who was from Gath, came out of the Philistine camp. His bronze helmet on his head wore a coat of scale armor of bronze weighing 5,000 shekels. On his legs he wore bronze greaves and a bronze javelin was slung on his back. His spear shaft was like a weaver's rod and the iron point weighed 600 shekels. His shield bearer, that's me, his shield bearer went ahead of him. Goliath stood and shouted to the ranks of Israel, Why do you come out and line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine? And are you not a servant of Saul? Choose a man and have him come down to me. If he's able to fight and kill me, we'll become your subjects. But if I overcome him and kill him, you will become our subjects and serve us. Then the Philistine said, This day I defy the armies of Israel. Give me a man and let us fight each other. And on hearing this, the Philistine's words, Saul and all of the Israelites were dismayed and terrified. That's like the nice way to put it. Like, we would line up. They would line up across from us. Goliath would come out and he would give his command or his call to them for a one-on-one -on -one battle. And then they would tinkle down their leg and they would turn around and they would run back to camp. I was there. You weren't. I was there. You know what? When you're that big, it's, it's kind of fun to pick on people. He had a lot of fun doing that. And so I saw him win many battles. I saw him do many amazing things. But this time he, he was really showboating it. And so twice a day, every day, he would come out. And he would give the same command, hey, why, let's, why, why have everybody battle? One-on-one, -on -one, bring somebody out. Mono, mono, you versus me versus you, let's figure out who's better. 
And every time, twice a day, they would come out to the lines, they would stand there, they'd hear Goliath, and they'd turn around and they'd run back to camp. By day 40, it was kind of getting a little old. Like, it wasn't that fun anymore. But we were still doing it because they weren't sending anybody out to fight. Day 40. Day 40. If Goliath would have known, he may have acted different. If Goliath would have known, he may have approached it a little differently. You see, if he would have known that someone new came into camp, he might not have done that day the same. He may have taken that day off and waited to day 41 to make his next challenge. Because on, on day 40, your guy David, he came to camp. And see, he, here's what happened with David. David wasn't always like the rest of them. David sees differently. David sees differently. And when David got to camp, he saw the same thing everybody else was saw, but he sees differently. And so because he sees differently, David also speaks differently. He sees differently, and so when he becomes to say words, he speaks differently. Let's keep looking at your story. Well, down verse 25 and 26, same chapter, verse chapter 17, 25 and 26. Goliath comes out, makes his call, they run away, all scared. And it says this in verse 25. Now the Israelites had been saying, do you see how this man keeps coming out? He comes out to defy, who does he say they defy? Israel. And the king will give great wealth to a man who kills him. He will also give him his daughter in marriage and will exempt his family from taxes in Israel. David asked the men standing near him, What will be done for the man who kills this Philistine and removes this disgrace from Israel? Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy who? Oh, I caught you weren't prepared. We'll do that again. Who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy? Who? Everyone else saw it one way. They saw a big guy who was threatening them, the army. David walked into camp and he saw it differently because he sees differently. And he didn't see a big guy who was defying or attacking them he saw a guy that was challenging the armies, not just the army, but the army of their God, Yahweh. And so for David, it wasn't a challenge man versus man. It was a challenge to his God. Who is greater? Who is stronger? Who is the real God in this area? And so he saw it differently. And therefore, he spoke differently when they said, Oh, look at him. He's defying Israel. David said, No. He's defying the armies of the living God. Now, to talk really big and tough in front of like other soldiers, eh, everyone can do that. But David sees differently, speaks differently, not just in front of soldiers, but he sees differently, speaks differently in front of other people. A few verses later, he finds himself in front of King Saul. King Saul hears there's a guy in camp who sees differently and speaks differently. He wants to see him. Didn't realize it was a kid. But in verse 34, it says, But David said to Saul, after Saul told him, You can't do this. 
Your servant had been keeping his father's sheep. When a lion or a bear came and carried off a sheep from the flock, I went after it, struck it, and rescued the sheep from its mouth. When it turned on me, I seized it by its hair, I struck it and killed it. Your servant has killed both the lion and the bear, and this uncircumcised Philistine will be like one of them, because he does defy the armies of the living God. The Lord who rescued me from the paw of the lion and the paw of the bear will rescue me from the hand of this Philistine. And then Saul said to David, Go, and the Lord be with you. That David, he sees differently. He speaks differently, not just to the soldiers, but to the king. And when the king hears someone who sees differently and speaks differently, he doesn't dismiss them. Even though he's small, even though he's not looking like a warrior type that could come close to handling this guy, he actually is getting ready to put him out there one-on-one. Now, let me let you on the backstory. Saul should have been the one. Saul was tall. Saul was big. He's one that maybe could have given Goliath a fight. But instead, here comes David. Saul tries to put him in armor, and it's like, no, not working. And so the man who sees differently and speaks differently in front of his fellow soldiers, in front of the king, also sees and speaks differently in front of Goliath. When you get down to verse 41, this is what it says. Meanwhile, the Philistine, with his shield bare, that's me, in front of him, kept coming closer to David. He looked David over, he didn't know at this point, and he saw that he was a little more than a boy, glowing and handsome, and, or with health and handsome, and he despised him. He said to David, Am I a dog that you come at me with sticks? And the Philistine cursed David by his gods. Come here, he said, and I'll give your flesh to the birds and to the wild animals. David sees the Philist- says to the Philistine, You come against me with sword and spear and javelin, but I come against you in the name of the Lord Almighty, the God of the armies of Israel, whom you have defied. This day... The Lord will deliver you into my hands, and I'll strike you down, and I'll cut off your head. And this very day, I'll give the carcass of the Philistines' army to the birds and the wild animals, and the whole world will know that there is a God in Israel. And all those who gathered here will know that it's not by sword or spear that the Lord saves, for the battle is the Lord's, and he will give all of you into our hands. It's a cute speech, isn't it? He was getting through that cute speech, and I thought, this dude's nuts. Like, seriously, he's nuts. Like, he is toast. Goliath's going to eat him, chew him up, spit him out. It's going to be fun to watch. That, or he sees differently. And so, therefore, he speaks differently. But you see, Goliath just didn't see differently and speak differently. He acted differently. So that very next verse, verse 48, says, As the Philistine moved closer to attack, David ran quickly to the battle line to meet him. He didn't walk. That little joker didn't stroll. He like flat out sprinted up to the line. Reaching into his bag and taking out a stone, he slung it and he struck the Philistine on the forehead. The stone sank into his forehead and he fell face down on the ground. 
And so David triumphed over the Philistine with a sling and a stone. Without a sword in his hand, he struck down the Philistine and killed him. The sound of rock hitting flesh and skull. The look on his face when it connected. The sound of the thud of him hitting the ground. The sound of my feet sprinting away as fast as I can as soon as that happened. Those aren't things you'll forget. David saw that whole scenario different. He spoke differently to those around him. And then he acted different because he realized that the battle was not him versus Goliath. But it was a testing of who is God. Who is God? What I've learned from this story, what I've learned from being right there, of watching all this happen, and what I've learned from the rest of life is that every one of us, no matter who you are or what kind of life you've got, you will face giant challenges at times in your life. You will face things that will be big and ugly and scary, and they will scream out different types of challenges and problems your way. I bet you've had some of them. Things like sickness, things like death, things like financial problems, uh, wayward challenges, fear, doubt, things that you weren't expecting all of a sudden creep up and stick their head up and it begin to cause huge problems for you. You see, when we face, when you face Goliath-sized challenges, it's easy to do what I watched everybody else before David do. Turn and run. And go back to some place where you feel safe. David's line right there in his whole little cute speech, that the world may know that there is a God in Israel. Those words just keep rolling in my ears over and over and over and over again. There's a guy named Rob just right here today. He lives down in Cincinnati. And just recently, he got passed over for a promotion that most rightly should have been his. And when you talk to him about it, he says, yes, very, 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 very hurt, very, very, very disappointed. But this is my opportunity to be a living witness of how I handle this to my community. Rob wants his community to know that there is a God right there. You guys, collectively, you guys sent a campus back to East Toledo because you wanted East Toledo to know that there is a God there. And then you sent Pastor Jacob to commission Toledo because you wanted this whole region to know that there is a God, not just in certain locations in this community, but all the way throughout this entire region. Think about it. How many huge challenges have you faced along the way of starting a campus, of living as two campuses, and now is starting a brand new ministry throughout all of Toledo? Challenges will come. Don't be surprised. Challenges will come. But when they come, don't fall in line with everybody else and see it as attack on you or something like that. Don't see it as something that's just merely about flesh and humans. But recognize that oftentimes it's an attack on your God. 
And that if you will depend on him and if you will stay faithful to him and you will see it through that lies, that you will speak about it through that and then you will act in that way that he calls, that that God that you serve will drop giant-sized challenges right in front of you so that the world around you may know that there is a God in your life and in your community, in your place. David sees differently. He speaks differently. He acts differently. As I started to read your Bible, I recognized why. Because all the way back when he was anointed to be the king, before this experience with Goliath, it says that when he was anointed, that the Spirit came upon him. You see, the Spirit of your living God is a powerful and an empowering Spirit. And when He comes on people, and when He lives with people, and when He walks aside people, people see differently. They speak differently. And they act differently. No matter how giant the challenge is in front of them. And so my guess is as you go this week, you'll face challenges. Some will be small, some may be giant-sized, some may be Goliath-sized. But stop. Change your lenses and say, what really is going on here? And how can I let those around me know that there's a God right here with me? Kind Father, I thank you for these people. I thank you for the legacy they come from. I thank you for the great impact you're using them for, even here today. I ask that you this week would go with them individually, but also go with them collectively as their families and as this church, and that you would help them to see challenges differently, that you would help them to speak differently about the challenges that they face, and that when they face those challenges, you'd help them to act differently, not to run away from them or to hide or to do something that would compromise who they are, but instead to look squarely at it and say, this isn't a challenge of me, this is a challenge of my God, and I'm going to be faithful to him. And that when they do that, that you will use them to drop those giants right in their pathway and prove to everyone around them that there is a God right here in this place. I thank you for them, and I ask you to bless them in Jesus' name. Amen.